Welcome to the Meet Hope Podcast, where we have conversations about faith and hope. Hope is one church made of people living out their faith through two expressions, in person and online. We believe a hybrid faith experience can lead to a growing influence in our community and our world for the sake of others. Welcome to Hope. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Meet Hope Podcast. I'm Jeff Bills, and I am honored and thrilled to have as my guest today uh, the Reverend Glenn Conway. Glenn is the district superintendent uh, in the district that Hope is a part of. And so, Glenn, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It was great to be here today. Tell folks a little bit about yourself. Well, I uh, grew up in Glassboro, so I'm South Jersey all the way. Yes. Uh, Grew up there, went um, to Glassboro United Methodist Church. Uh, That's where I came out of. Um, Felt my call uh, from there. And um, I went off to, uh, to Asbury University in Kentucky and then was over at Eastern Seminary, and yeah. you know that because that's where I met you. And, yes, uh, and um, I'm married. We have two grown children, uh, my wife Holly, and then our two grown children, uh, Tim and uh, Bethany. Uh, Tim is a pastor. Yeah, in our conference, and Bethany is a social worker. And nice. So, uh, is she here in uh, Jersey? Still? Yes, she is working out of uh, Millville and Vineland. So, Glenn, uh, a lot of our listeners uh, were not. Uh, raised uh, in the United Methodist Church and uh, so aren't familiar with our system. Um, We are divided into conferences and each conference uh, structurally has a a bishop that presides uh, over that conference and then the conference itself is divided into districts. So Tell us a little bit about that. How many districts does uh, the Greater New Jersey Conference have? Sure. So the Greater New Jersey Conference has um, six districts, and we break ourselves actually into regions. So um, the Meadow uh, Highlands District, would the easiest way to think about it is to use um, 195 uh, that goes across the interstate, that goes across uh, the state, go north, and everything north of that is uh, the Metro Highlands. Everything south of that will be the Coastal Plains, which is a part of where we are. And then we make up three districts down here, three districts uh, to the north. And so uh, that is how districts are set up. District superintendents actually um, oversee Anywhere between um, 80 and 90 churches mm. in those uh, districts, and um, so it keeps us pretty busy. Yeah. What's your, so your district is? So my district is Delaware Bay District. and That's uh, our district. Yeah, yeah, our district. And, and the boundary lines, uh, to think about that, is, is to think of Route 73. So, or, uh, and Camden. So, so follow Route 73, go all the way over to, uh, the Delaware River and follow it all the way. If anyone knows where Fortescue is, mm. uh, go down past Salem, keep going around and you'll get to the bay and where, um, Fortescue, uh, is meeting the bay. That's, that's where my district ends. And then if you follow 55, uh, coming back, uh, north, um, Everything east of that, or I mean west of that, um, is actually the Delaware Bay District. So, And so 90 churches on your district? 90 churches is what I oversee. And, uh, it so keeps talk about here. that. What, what 
you know, just at a high level, what, what do you do as a district superintendent? So, so by the discipline, uh, which is what we have uh, is, you know, next to the Bible, we always say our book of discipline <laughs> is what, uh, you know, is, is kind of the easiest way of describing is our rules of what we set up uh, and how we function as a right. church. Yeah. Um, but a district superintendent is a missional strategist. That's what it gives us for a definition. Mm. And that's, that is a high level. And, and so part of it is we're supposed to be looking at what could the United Methodist Church um, do in that region, in that district. You know, what is it that we're looking at? Do we want to look at planning churches? Do we want to look at hope centers? Do we want to look at um, bringing people into ministry? You know, uh, what colleges or universities sit within our districts? Um, and so it's part of our responsibility to oversee um, how we're reaching out into the communities right. and all of those. And so that's part of it. Uh, part of it also is to work directly with clergy. Um, it, it could be everything from just encouraging clergy, mm-hmm. of um, you know helping them along, trying to find resources for them uh, that they may need to grow, um, or um, they're just struggling with something. Sometimes we'll go in and, and help. Um, when there's a conflict in the church. So right. sometimes we'll, we'll come in there and um, work with some of those things too. You mentioned Hope Centers. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about those because that's kind of an interesting part sure. of Sure. So work. Hope Centers are something that we have created in, the, in probably the last five uh, to, to seven years. And, and what Hope Centers are is that instead of just abandoning churches that are no longer, um, that we're no longer using. Yeah. Um, or an area where the the dynamics are changing greatly, we try and repurpose those churches in such a way that they help the community. Um, And so what a Hope Center does is they'll actually look to see what some of the needs are of that community and try and set up ministry just to do that. Mm. Uh, And then bring them back into the life of the church. But instead of just opening up a church and saying, hey, come on in and worship with us, we kind of work what we would call backwards. Yeah. and where you really get that is John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, sure. really did that when he went uh, into the coal mines and um, in other areas uh, and left the church and went out into the community and started preaching and teaching and helping people um, with certain things. So, yeah. so that's what we do. Love that. So you're meeting people where they are. You're assessing what the needs for a specific area where a uh, local church uh, – is no longer functioning, but the building right. is still is still there. Right. Um, so I know there's one in Camden you've been particularly uh, excited about. Yep, talk about that a little bit. So the one in Camden that we, which is the newest that we're working on, yeah. is out of what used to be um, the Bethel um, United Methodist Church. Bethel closed. Um, we went in to look at the building. The building structurally was really good. Needed a lot of work inside. Um, but uh, we started looking and saying we really did not want to leave Camden. Um, we do not have a, a huge urban presence there, and we wanted more of an urban presence yeah. for the United Methodist Church. Uh, it was a church that really has worked uh, well with the community right around it. So um, one of the gentlemen uh, who's working with me, Tim Merrill, who is just a few blocks away, lives there. He started working. He's going to uh, be a local pastor, and he's working in that direction. But he has got lots of contacts, and he started working with the community. So we cleaned it all up. Um, we He was able to get Harvard Fellowship uh, funds to come. So some nice. of the Harvard Fellows uh, actually donated money. So we were able to put uh, some furnishings back in. Um, and now they are running programs for uh, former incarcerated men. 
Uh, they have their own uh, Bible study that's going. They have a Bible study on uh, another Bible study that's functioning on uh, Sunday mornings. Mm. They are uh, having uh, drums and uh, karate groups uh, that are meeting <laughs> like there. It. Yeah, and and then they're looking to do a STEM program um, with education and. Uh, and, and some other programs uh, that they're dreaming of for the future. So they have, they've gotten off to a good start. They've gotten That's off to great. a real good start. Yeah. So you've shared that with our lead team and uh, uh, we're, we've been actively talking about, uh, is this something that we can partner with, uh, with the district and, and uh, with uh, the folks who are involved in Bethel? And, sure. Uh, so I'm sure we're going to be talking about that over the next year. Yeah, yeah, because actually some of the people from your congregation grew up. Uh, going to Bethel, going yeah. Going to Bethel. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, was, was, that was a surprise, <laughs> and that was great. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been really involved in uh, in Urban Promise, but it just this congregation has such a heart for uh, Camden. Uh, there's um, some folks in our church who, gosh, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, maybe more, um, started a ministry called Urban Mission Fellowship. And so it's just uh, gathering kids, uh, middle school and younger, I think. And and I think they also have a high school group. And basically just created a, a, a youth group for uh, kids. And uh, so it's expanded out. There are volunteers from other churches uh, that are a part of that. Great. And uh, it just grows out of this, this heart for Camden and and uh, serving uh, underserved people in Camden. So, well, so one of your other jobs um, is, uh, has to do with the appointment process. Yes. <laughs> so again, for our, uh, for our non-hope or not hope for our non-United Methodists, um, our system is an appointment system, uh, which means that pastors are appointed to a local church by a bishop were appointed for one-year terms, and that appointment is either renewed at the end of a year uh, or a pastor, uh, there may be a pastoral change where a, a pastor in one church uh, is appointed to a different church and and then somebody else uh, fills in uh, that church. Um, so I've been appointed here for 33 years, Glenn. <laughs> when do I get to move? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. No. Yeah, good. Good. yeah, I'm not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry. But I thought it would be uh, really helpful, again, just uh, since you're here, to talk about uh, the appointment process. So sure. give folks a little idea how that actually works. Sure. So uh, an appointment process, and, and as you shared, we're not a, uh, we're not a call system. We yep. are an appointment system. And um, what ends up happening for us is that we start the appointment system. So we're getting ready. Actually, this week, uh, I'm going to uh, the cabinet appointment retreat, okay. and we will start to look at all the open churches that we have, um, and uh, those churches will be um, on the table, and then we'll start to to look at pastors um, that we think can can go and serve be a good uh, fit and be a good fit in those. Right. But, but I guess what I want to really share with you is that when we're actually doing this, um, this is not uh, the bishop and the cabinet just coming in and telling a church, Hey, this pastor's leaving. This pastor's coming in. Mm -hmm. um, we work directly with um, the, 
the congregation. Yep. And the way that we do that is, uh, well, one is that uh, all pastors fill out what we call a pastoral profile. Mm-hmm. So I look at that profile every year and I find out what it is that, you know, you like, what it is that, you know, are, are your strengths and, and things like that. Yep. Um, what are some things that you might want us to be aware of, of why you can or you can't move and those kinds of things. Right. Uh, so I'll look that over. I'll also um, meet with... Um, the SPRC, which is the Staff Parish Relations Committee, and f- and for you, you have a lead team, and right. off of that lead team, some of those people will be known as the SPRC Committee. Yep. And I actually meet with them, and I, I do, uh, again, um, what's called a survey, and I start asking all kinds of questions like, you know, what's the attendance like, what are their hopes, what are their dreams, um, some of their strengths as a church, what are some of their struggles as a church. Mm. How many staff do they have? Uh, salary ranges, and I'll start looking at all of that. Yeah, um, and and that's what we take back to the table when we're looking for pastors. Um, we don't just arbitrarily just grab a name and say, "Hey, that would be great." And it's, right. and it's not a a system anymore. Um, if anybody's grown up in the Methodist system, they might have thought, "Oh, well, you got moved up the the ladder, so to speak." Yes, uh, it it doesn't necessarily work that way anymore. It it really works of looking for the gifts and the great, what we call the gifts and the graces that really match. So does this person coming in have what's necessary? So can they lead? Can they preach? Um, What is it that uh, is really needed in that setting? Um, And I know you guys, uh, just from what I've heard, I've never been at the table, of course, (laughs) but that it's a, it's a very prayerful prayerful process as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we actually, when we come into our meetings, um, we're, the bishop always says, make sure we have our homework done. And what that means is we have been looking for names. We've been praying about it at home. We've been trying to research that out. Um, we're trying to see where the spirit is leading us. We'll actually meet. So when I was talking about district superintendents and regents, the three in our, our region will actually talk and pray together mm. about that process and looking to see, you know, where is God kind of nudging us and moving yep. us. And then when we come together around the table, um, we don't just necessarily uh, put names out there and then walk and just say, okay, that looks like the best person. That's the end of it. Um, <clears throat> when the names are out, uh, the bishop will actually lead us in a time of prayer and there'll be um, moments of prayer. Sometimes we'll sing um, praise choruses or prayer choruses together. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we'll sit in silence for some time. And then, um, and sometimes he's actually after that said, okay, I want everybody to go out and take, you know, five or 10 minutes break, move around, and then we'll come back in and see where the spirit's leading us. So it, it is done, you know, looking for prayerful consideration and not just, yeah, just trying to put a name out there. Well, there's no, you know, I've learned this early on in ministry. In fact, when I was wrestling with, because uh, when I got a call into ministry, I was attending both a Presbyterian and a Methodist church, <laughs> and uh, so you know, God called me into ministry not to be a Methodist or a Presbyterian, <laughs> but but into ministry. And uh, um, I remember talking to a wise pastor, and he described the various systems of, of uh, how clergy get get a, uh, appointed to a church or called to, to a church and said there's no perfect there's no perfect system no you know, there is not each one has its own strengths and weaknesses right? if, if you're in if you're in a, in a call system um, 
it, it's a group in the church that has to do a lot of searching and has to go out and yeah. interview a lot of people. Um, there are churches it, it, that can be without a pastor, pastor yep. years. You can be without a pastor for two or three years yeah. uh, before, and, and so you're working on an interim. It keeps a, a church really from moving forward if they've got some kind of visions or dreams. In in our system, uh, the advantage is, is that one pastor is going out, another pastor is coming in right, right. right behind them. Yep. Um, and especially in larger churches like Hope, they become a top priority because we've got to look at them very carefully because there's a lot of people that are involved yeah. in the life of that. And the other that, that we realize is um, we're affecting people. We're affecting, you know, it, it's a season where I say I don't sleep as well as I do mm. any other time because I realize I'm, I'm having an impact on someone's family, a pastor's family. Sure. I'm having an impact on everybody in the congregation. Um, and this is going to be upsetting for people. Um, and so it's it's not taken lightly. Um, you know, it, our our joke is that it's probably the one season most DSs do not sleep well. <laughs> you know, it's the reason I wouldn't want your job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you're there. Uh, for those again who uh, may not have heard, uh, Glenn pastored a, a large church in Mullica Hill. It was actually a much smaller church when he went there, and uh, he and his team uh, grew the church and. Uh, and actually, Hope and, and uh, Trinity uh, were similar sizes mm-hmm. yes. and uh, similar kinds of size staff and, and all of the, the joys and complexities of that. So having you as a district superintendent, I find really <laughs> helpful because you get what it's about. Yeah. Mo- moving into – I think that was one of the hard things, um, you know, serving a large church that had grown just like Hope has done, you know, yeah. and, and you're making those those leaps and bounds growing, and you're trying to figure out when do you bring on the next staff person, mm. how do you finance that, mm-hmm. how do you keep how do you keep that from becoming you know administratively you know top heavy so that you're doing ministry and all of those things, um, you know. That was a challenge through the years, yeah. and that's um, what keeps me up at night. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, and and so I think moving into this position, it's been it's been nice um, to be able to understand that when I walk into larger churches, I already know um, and I, or have an idea of what what they're up against mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't. You know, people sometimes think larger churches have all the benefits, they have all the staffing, they have all the finances. And that's not true. I, I say they're, they're, they still have the same complexity of issues that they have to deal with as the smaller church does. Yeah. It's just on a much larger, larger scale. Yeah. Well, thanks, Glenn. I really appreciate you uh, being with us uh, for worship and appreciate sure. you being uh, taking the time to do this podcast. If you have any uh, questions about anything we've talked about, feel free to reach out to me, jeff at meethope.org. And if it's a question for Glenn, I'll be happy to pass that on to him. And uh, so, Glenn, God bless. Thank you. As you Thank you. continue to serve uh, uh, the churches of greater New Jersey. Well, thank you. It was great to be here today. It really was. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for being a part of the Hope community as we continue our conversations about faith and hope. If you don't already, please join us for worship on Sundays or on demand. You can learn more at meethope.org or find us on socials at Meet Hope Church.